Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, everyone, to 12-Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news in the home of the Beta Rank College Football Statistical Model. This is Brian Conger, and you are listening to a Sharp College Football Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We're going to break through every game from Week 6, looking at Week 7 as well, previewing every game on the upcoming slate. Joined, as always, to break down every Pac-12 game is Mr. Rob Barron from Sharp College Football, who had himself a week, had himself a week. Rob, how are you, sir? I'm good. Baderink had a great week last week, 54% against the spread, and within a tenth of a point in the mean average error within the Vegas opening lines. That's great because last week's the first week we went with no projections in there and just went with all in-season data. And um, to, to find yourself like without having the uh, the sort of projection error that you're going to have for like not having Kansas right or Duke right or TCU right coming into the season and, and being able to kind of ride that was great. Yeah, I'm excited about that. If you have been listening to the show and, you know, often you hear us talk about, you know, wait, wait for the data to come in, wait for the data to come in. Like now, as we're breaking down these teams, and again, as more games will happen, the model's going to get a better idea of each team's offense and run defense and pass offense and all that stuff. But all that said, like we're starting to really see the trend lines get into place. So as we use the advanced statistical models to break down this stuff, it's going to be a lot more indicative of what we're likely going to see for the rest of the a season rather than you know predicting what we were thinking we were going to see. So I'm excited to really go dive deep into the numbers and look at each team that in the Pac-12, like we might have a new champion this year. I mean, Utah just got beat, like straight up beat by UCLA. And yep. and I kind of like, it, it, I, I liked the way that the game happened, Rob, because it happened basically the way that you had broken down. And I, and everything that you said made sense. I just needed to see UCLA actually do it and they did and they like they handled ucla or they handled utah and now it looks like it's either ucla usc or or maybe oregon as the three teams that could possibly be be like the pac-12 champion does that sound about right what do you think about utah and and and, you know who else can win yeah it absolutely does um i mean right now the only team within the top 10 within beta rank for the pac-12 is usc at number eight um, and that's almost entirely, I mean, for, well, you could say this for everyone except Wazoo in the, in the conference right now, it's really driven by your offense. <laughs> so, um, Oregon, I mean, really like the, the, the model, I, and we talked about this a little bit last week, they've been kind of up and down in their performance. Another really good performance was enough for beta rank to bump them, you know, significantly back up. Um, and Georgia also helped them out by having a good performance as well. BYU helped out with a good game against Notre Dame. Um, but yeah, Oregon, uh, in particular, their offense is now at number eight overall, you know, after that, just horse whipping, they put on Arizona. Um, and then, I mean, then you've got a little bit like, look, I mean, there's a clear gap. Like, I mean, Washington state, I thought played a really good game against USC, but you could see how limited their offense is at times in that game. Um, and then you have UCLA. And then there's a gap. I mean, and you, that gap that, you know, the next team up right now is Utah and um, Utah. We talked about coming in, like they hadn't really put it together 
you know, and like we were, I was charitably trying to say like, maybe it's the Utah slow start problem, but it doesn't appear to be like that pass rush stinks. Like their defensive line is not good. They needed, they really needed to blitz DTR to get him uncomfortable. And the problem, <laughs> which kind of compounds the problem, right? Cause they have a rushing quarterback issue and we've just seen it over multiple years. So yeah. when you can't get the pass rush, you know, pass rush up in, in the beginning with your, your front line, and then you have to send your, your safety or your safeties or, or your linebackers in DTR can beat you two ways. He can throw the ball finally. And he's been able to do that the last two years, by the way, and he can run. And I just think that compounded the problem with them. And so when, and we'll talk about the U, like the USC matchup, but holy Moses, how are they going to stop Caleb Williams? I mean, that guy is a freaking, he's Houdini out there and he can throw. And yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I'm bummed because I had a three to one ticket on Utah to win the Pac 12. And I basically have already ripped that up. I think UCLA has a chance. I think, yeah. I, I think, you know, USC has a chance. Of course, like we mentioned with Oregon. Any other things that, jumped out at you on on the you know week six slate and then we'll you know we'll break each game down in depth but any trends or anything that really popped up for you i mean like usc's offense has played better and i think that and i are not offense defense has played better and i this is not me talking trying to talk anyone into usc having a good defense it's not it's still a on the wrong side of the middle in the power five but they're a lot better than they were last season. But the funny thing is, is like their problems have really flipped. Like last year, they couldn't stop the pass. This year, they can't stop the run. But they're like overall, like they're, they're, they're sitting at 41 right now in beta rank. That's a good, like, I think for like Alex Grinch's first season, that's a good number for them. Like if they can keep it in that range, like they have a really good shot to go through the Pac-12 undefeated. Yeah, I, I I saw that too, and I watched that whole Washington State USC game, and oh man, Jalen Jenkins a looked great, but the thing that worries me is that like, like we didn't really see any of him. I, I think he's played in a couple of games. I just want to go back and double check. Like I want to see his game stats here. Um, yeah, I mean he got multiple carries in every game, and only looked good against USC. So that's yeah. a problem. Now I know right. I know like looked against Cal. Well, I mean, had, like remember like Stanford ran the ball on him. Like. Yeah, yeah. And, and like we we got one uh, we got a, a USC fan that was connecting with us about about really he was really defending the USC defense and he was using total yards and I was just like total yards doesn't matter. You have to. <laughs> even Kirk, even Kirk Ferentz is like that's an overrated stat. <laughs> you can't now. I I and, and to his credit, I get what he was saying. Like. Because he's saying what you're saying, Rob, is like, look, this this SC defense has improved, and he's right on that front. I, I guess right. more what we're saying is as we break down these games, if if like in a, a good example is Oregon. I'll use Oregon's offense as an example, right? Because like Hithleday came at me a little bit about Bo Nix, and I get it. Like Bo Nix has been awesome, but Bo Nix has played against like what is it, Eastern Portland State, <laughs> Arizona, right. Stanford. And a BYU defense that's at 71 right now. The, the really the only game against a good it's defense. Georgia. Well, well, Georgia and yeah. and, Wash, and Washington State is a top 20 defense. Now. Right. So, yep. um, and credit to him for that. He, I mean, he really moved the ball up and down the fields on that. He made some boneheaded mistakes, but like, what he, I think he had yeah. 500 yards in the game or something crazy like that. Yeah. But opponent matters. Like that. That's kind of why we break these down. Is and over time we might miss some things, but now as as we're really seeing all these teams and really how good they are, I think things are going to fall into place. For for me, I, I mean, we knew Arizona's defense stunk, so that that really didn't 
jump out at me. Um, we knew Utah had some problems with the run game. So UCLA being able to run the ball, Zach Charbonnet made, made them look stupid. Like Zach Charbonnet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, that Arizona State game, though, over Washington, that one, that was a gut punch for me because I thought that that team had given up. I thought Washington, I mean, I, I think we've overrated Washington based on, again, like opponents matter, right? And we just didn't yep. quite know. Um, and and I'll, I'll test it to that. But I want to say, like, moving Trenton Borquette to being the quarterback was a really smart move by that coach. Because that guy yeah. is like the pajama ball, like, Hall of Famer. Yeah. And that team loves him. And he hasn't gotten a shot. So. I thought that was a great story because that guy's been grinding as the backup QB. He doesn't quite have the physical tools, but he's just a really smart, sharp quarterback that knows his reads, knows where to go. And man, he put that on display against Washington. So I at least wanted to highlight that. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like the flip of that is, is like the Pac-12 is has some hideous defenses. Like there are yes. five, te- yes. five, te- five teams in the Pac-12 we currently have a defensive beta rank over 90. Stanford, Washington, Arizona State, Arizona, and Colorado. Like that, That's gross. Those are five of the worst power five defenses in all of college football. There is only one Pac-12 defense in the top 25, and that is Washington State. Where's UCLA at? UCLA sits at number 46. So... I'm, I'm, and then we'll move, and then we'll break down the games. But I'm curious. I want to hear from you on this because we were both skeptical about the hire that Chip Kelly made at defensive coordinator because yeah. he he like on paper looked like he was Jerry Azanar. He didn't look like him physically, but yeah. just the resume is like oh, like washed up NFL you know defensive coordinator that doesn't have a lot of like time in the college ranks recently. And that defense looks pretty good. <laughs> like they're, it's, they're better. Yeah. They're, now they're a little like, look, Azenaro got them into a spot. And like, I think where last season they were in like the fifties or 60. Like, I mean, and then McGovern has continued that improvement, you know, now this is still right. Like we talk about, like, <clears throat> this is still a middle, you know, like middle of the power five ish, you know, trending in the wrong direction, a little bit defense. Like this is not a good defense. Like if UCLA, like Utah doesn't have a great offense right now. They're just sitting at 30 in beta rank. Like if UCLA gets some, like they're going to get an Oregon offense that is really good. Like UCLA is going to give up points in that game. Like yeah. big time, <laughs> you know, but they're like, going to score them. Yes. They're going to score. Cause Oregon also has a bad defense. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm, I'm excited. Let, let's, let's go into the games here because there's so many to break down. And when I get in depth, now that we have like the, the model numbers are starting to be even stronger without the preseason data. And let's do it right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back. We're talking Pac-12 football. Week six was just a fascinating week. Just some really interesting box scores here, Rob. Um, but I want I want to look at week seven, right? Because normally what we do is we look at the games in week seven, then we look backwards at the games that those yep. team two teams played. So let's let's start. No, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna save the USC Utah one for a bit. Let's do the hipster game. Let's do Washington State, Oregon State. 
so many stupid, like just stupid <laughs> games this week. Like just stupid, stupid games this week. Six o'clock on the Pac-12 Network, and the, you know Washington State. Well, I think you're saying stupid games in terms of the spreads, right? Because I looked at this and I said, "How on earth is Oregon State favored over Washington State?" Is that is that, that the reaction is, you had? That is, yeah. I mean, this like I was like, "What?" In the, like the only way I felt like you get there is having preseason projections still in in what you're doing. Because like I cannot fathom having. Oregon State favorite in this game, particularly when there's like, isn't there still a question about Oregon State's quarterback? <laughs> yeah, I think I think Ben Colbranson did fine. Uh, I, I look fair fair warning on my end. I watched three quarters of this game. I didn't watch the comeback. I went to bed and I'm like, well, who cares? Like I I, I actually opened the door for Oregon State coming back, um, but I didn't care because I just I watched that game and I'm like, I'm out on the beefs. <laughs> I just somehow how was, how was a team. How, like I, I opened the circle. I opened the circle. Like the tweet that had the you know like a circle gets their opening lines out. And I looked at it. I was like, how is a team that had to have a comeback against Stanford favored? <laughs> like, and and I think here here are the things that stood out for me uh, on that. Like first of all, I think Gil Branson's fine. And there was yeah. a there was a pass in this game. Where and it was it was beautiful. He threw a beautiful ball and it literally rattled around the guy's. Gl- he he didn't play. You know sometimes like you throw the ball and it hits him in the forearms. They have to like they have to bring the ball in or it's like on the fingertips and they're trying they're trying to no. He literally dropped it in the guy's hands for a touchdown yeah. and that cost me some money because I was pissed about that because <laughs> that was the difference in this game. Um, but but I think the thing that was really stood out and I've watched some some Oregon State games, but. The inability to really get the, really get the running game going, and I, yeah, I know Damian Martinez had like the eighty-three yard rush or whatever, but they that rush game does not look good, and some of these no. running backs don't have the vision that you've expected from previous running backs that they have, and now they got to play Washington State that has one of the best run defenses in, in the country. Like you know, now now, I think I think uh, Baderank would probably like quibble with that, but. A top twenty rush rush defense for They're sure. They're number seventeen in effective rush. They are far and away the best defense in the Pac twelve. <laughs> so <laughs> this is not like this is not like to be clear. Like this is important. Like this offense for Oregon State is going to get a massive challenge from from Washington State, right? Like now, what Oregon State's done pretty well offensively is like they've been able to put up big plays. Like they're number fifteen in explosive drives, but they stink at drive efficiency at one or nine. Like they're not putting up points. Um, their negative drives number here isn't great either. Too many, you know, too many trade outs, too many turnovers. They get a Washington State defense that's number sixteen overall. You know, and like they've had some pretty stout performances. Like their offense didn't help them out at all against USC, and they kept them in the game for a good chunk of that. Yeah, and then like when you flip it around, the way that Oregon State was playing Stanford, I didn't really learn that much about Oregon State's defense. I thought McKee had a decent game. I mean, look, they have good wide receivers. So, and there were some pretty catches, and I thought Bryson Tremaine's. Uh, yeah, he made a leaping grab in the end zone that was really solid. I'm like, yep, like, I hope you get drafted because <laughs> I'm sorry that you play for Stanford. But, you know, like you look at the rushing, Stanford isn't good at running the ball. So 27 for 90 is like three yards a carry. That's really solid yeah. for the front seven <laughs> of Oregon State. But, you know, like I don't really expect a whole lot from Stanford. You know, any, any other takeaways for, from 
what Oregon State was able to do in this game. I just, um, I like I, I and I laid the seven. This was one of the I went one and five. By the way, it was an awful week. It's like probably one of the worst weeks I've had in like three years. Uh, but at least I knew, so, like I knew what I was getting into some of these games, and and the numbers just were better than the the get stuff this time. I gave I laid seven, knowing that likely uh, Goldbranson uh, was going to be the quarterback, and I didn't care. And I thought he did. I thought he did fairly well, like all things considered. the The first he wasn't great in the first quarter in the first half, but um, but like he didn't make as many mistakes as as I think people thought he was going to. And and ultimately in the second half, he really stepped on the gas. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just it, like Stanford's one of the worst teams in the Pac-12. Um, they're at seventy-eight overall in beta rank. Their defense sits at ninety-two. Like it is hard for me to have tremendous takeaways about this Oregon state offense against the Stanford defense. Um, <clears throat> now I thought they did a, an okay job against the Stanford offense that sits at number 68. Um, they're going to get a bigger challenge here against Wazoo. I was so bummed about Washington state, right? So their game against USC, uh, I think the line was 13 and a half. They, you know, USC ends up winning by 16. So I took another L on that front. I, I mean, I watched this whole game. And I was, I was excited. Like I, I, I really thought in the first half, Washington State stuck with USC, and and it, it was worrisome because USC went out to a hot start. They immediately score a touchdown, and it's like a very, it was a smooth, quick touchdown. And then they moved out the ball down the field again in the first quarter, and I'm like, oh no, is this going to get out of hand early? And Wazoo stopped them, kept them to a field goal, and then ended up scoring 14 points in the second quarter. Um, I liked, I, I loved what I saw out of the defense, particularly the run defense here. What, what jumped out for you with the Cougs? Yeah. I mean, I thought they, I thought the Cougs did a, I mean, defensively in particular, I thought they did a good, a really good job in this game, <laughs> holding USC to 369 yards overall. Um, <clears throat> they held Caleb Williams to 6.5 per, um, and USC's, you know, yards per rush, even though they put up 181 was only 4.5. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, USC had 40 carries for that. So I thought they did a good job um, defensively in particular in this game against what is you know the best offense of the conference. I'm still a little worried with Ward. Um, I forget. I don't know if it was a touchdown grab or it was either a touchdown or like three yards away from the, the end zone where he just heaves the ball. And it's like three yards short, and the and the wide receiver has to like stop and come back. And ca- it was a beautiful catch. It was a beautiful catch. But I was like, oh dang! Like, I just I don't. I'm not. I'm still not sold on him. But he's gotten better. Um, didn't throw a pick, although he should have. Like one of those. One of those. There's a couple passes. Where I'm like, ah, oh, jeez. Um, five point four per yard, or you know, per throw. Um, the guy that really jumped out for me was Jalen Jenkins, and I. Don't know if this is the USC rush defense. I think it's probably both. But, man, that guy looks smooth. Very fast, super shifty, yep. really good vision, significantly better than Nakia Watson, who got injured in this game. Um, and and the, the numbers were a little misleading because, like, he got that 41-yard uh, burst. But even even before that, he was making two-yard rushes into five-yard rushes, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. I'm kind of excited to see what he's able to do. In fact, I think he might've been the one that caught the, the pass near the end zone on the wheel route. So he's, I just, I was, very, it's always fun when you see Washington state, cause there's always one player that always jumps out of Washington state. We are like, hell yeah, that's my guy. And um, yeah. I, I just worried the, the one thing that worried me was 
Jenkins, if it felt like they rushed him 30 times and he only got 13 carries, but he's so small. And I'm like, oh, yeah. for the love of God, don't hurt this man. So I don't know. Well, we talked about this coming in, right? Like in previewing this game, like would Washington State be able to commit to running the football um, against USC, right? And if you take out, you know, they didn't run the ball that much. If you take out all the Cam Ward, you know, scrambles and sacks and everything. Um, and they should have, right? Like this USC run defense is terrible. <laughs> and they really should have committed to, to running the football more. And instead, like, I mean, they say, you know, if you take, include all the scrambles and everything, they try to really throw the ball with Ward, you know, like close to 45 times. Um, and that's a bad, that was a bad idea. <laughs> Clearly. And Ward didn't look, I mean, he didn't look good in this game. You know, like he didn't have any interceptions, but certainly felt restricted against this USC defense. Like they were able to get some pressure on him for sure. Um, and that's going to be interesting because like, I think, I mean, we've talked about like Oregon State's defense is not among those five that we listed that are in the nineties or worse in, in beta rank. Um, you know, like, but the, 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 you know, this, this Oregon State defense is, is going to like, is in some ways similar to this USC defense, only that they're they they don't have that big run pass split. So if Washington State shows up here wanting to throw the ball a ton, they might be in better shape. Yeah, I came away with this game thinking better of both teams, and I yeah. do think it's important to highlight the the defensive USC. They were now I I don't know how strong the offensive line for Washington State is. It's not great, but man, they they were just all up on Cameron Ward the whole game. I mean, he just did not have a lot of time to do stuff. And it was always, it was so interesting because the announcers were like, Oh, the, the, the magician Ward does it again. And I'm like, he's not, <laughs> he's not doing it again. Like yeah, he's, he's avoiding sacks, but he's not chucking the ball down the field. Like, like Williams, like there was a significant difference, even though Williams didn't have the great numbers. Like when Williams gets out of trouble and guns it down the field, now it's unfair to Ward, right? I'm comparing him to like one of the best quarterbacks in college football right now. But it, right. it, it's just the announcers, the way that they were talking about his skill set, I just didn't think really matched what I've seen from him, the uh, number. But with that said, I do think that the defense of USC needs to be given an attaboy because they were able to to get up in his face. And um, we've been talking about the turnovers. This is the first game really USC didn't have ginormous turnover luck. And they covered the spread and they only allowed Washington State to score 14 points like that. That's a plus in my book. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, right? Like, the USC defense has started to gel a little bit. I mean, it's just interesting because, like, you can clearly still run the ball on them. Yes. As we get to what will eventually their game (laughs) for the week, right? Like, that's an interesting thing to carry into that game. Absolutely. Now, matching up Washington State against Oregon State, there's a couple things that really worry me if I'm an Oregon State fan in this game. By the way, the spread is – what did they put the spread? It's bounced around just a little bit. I think it's still three. Yeah, three. Oregon State favored by three. I'm a little worried about Wazoo on the road. Um, and I do I do think Oregon State always plays well at home. So I'm wondering if the, the odds makers are putting a lot of juice into that. Because at the end of the day, like Washington State's rush rush it's gonna be Washington State's rush defense against um uh, against Oregon State's you know rushing offense and like Washington State by far has the superior <laughs> Unit and I know a couple players went down, like Ron Stone went down, but he came back in the game. Um, yeah. I do. I just think Washington State has what it takes to really make it difficult for Oregon State to throw the ball. And gosh, the number six—I keep forgetting the um, 
the oh, corner. Yeah. He's good at getting out. He gave up a touchdown, but he gave it to Jordan Addison. And what are you going to do? You know, but like, right. I thought for the most part, he was really excellent yet again. Now, not all their corners is, are as good as him, but um, I, th- I think putting putting the game on the line with the, with the backup quarterback for Oregon State, I just I feel pretty confident about Washington State taking this one away. Yeah, I mean, here's like what what Washington State's offense, which grades out at number forty seven, what they've been good at relatively is they're a bit better at drive efficiency, putting together drives to put up points. They're at thirty nine there. And they're at 36 in explosive drives. What they struggle with is negative drives. Too many three and outs, too many turnovers. Um, They're going to get like Oregon State's at 68 in explosive drives. Like they can give up some big plays and they're not causing like they're at 79 in negative drives. It's not like that's their strength. Like their strength is in, in preventing teams from putting up long drives. So I think, I mean, Washington State's at 23 in effective pass. Oregon State's at 50 in effective pass. Like, I, I think like Washington state has a small advantage there, but I think the biggest thing here versus like the last game that we saw them in is like Washington state's defense, I think is going to set them up with good field position <laughs> because yeah. like this Oregon state offense is at 67 right now. Like <clears throat> the only thing they're doing really well is putting up big plays. Um, they are really struggling with drive efficiency. They're at 109 there. They're at 82 in negative drives. Like this Washington State defense doesn't have like they're not great at anything, but they're not bad at anything. Um, 18 in drive efficiency, 27 in explosive drives. You know, 26 in negative drives. You know, like they're they're at 17 in effective rush and 25 in effective pass. Like I really like them to be able to, and I think they understand what Dickert and Ward are doing. Um, and this Oregon state offense feels like they have been kind of getting by on like, just, I mean, getting by against some bad defenses so far this season. And they couldn't do anything against that USC defense. And this Washington state defense is better. I, I I like Wazoo in this game. Yeah, I do too. I think the one to win, not not covered to win. Like they're like they're. I don't expect Oregon State to win by one. Like I expect Washington State to win this game. Yeah, I think they're the better team. The thing that worry the only thing that worries me. Well, there's two. It's it's the the home field advantage for Oregon State. I think that's real. The and s- any word turnovers. <laughs> yeah. Well, what the the I think Oregon State's defense is better than it's been, and I know that Washington State has like decent numbers in the passing offense, but a lot of those are tunnel screens and bubble screens and just little dinks and yeah. dunks that they turn into five, 10 yards. Sometimes it's more than that. And I, that's on tape a lot now. And I'm just worried that Oregon state clamps down on that and challenges Ward to throw down the field. And that's when he could get into trouble or it could be how Washington state wins by 17, you know, like that, that's, it's, it's going to be an either or on that front. Like when it, if, if they really clamp down on the, just the small screen stuff. So just keep a lookout for that, but I'm with you. I'll take Washington state. Let's do, since we talked about the Stanford game, let's talk about the Stanford against Notre Dame. That's four 30 on uh, NBC or Peacock. I don't know who cares. Um, yeah. <laughs> Notre Dame is a 16 and a half point favorite um, at home against Stanford. And I'm, I'm glad that you're here Rob, on, on this game because you've been watching Notre Dame. The model's been watching Notre Dame um, when I first looked at this line, I thought 16 and a half was a bit much given the offense for Notre Dame. But if yeah. there's a cure for bad offenses, it's the Stanford defense. What do the numbers say? On it this is game? indeed. <laughs> so, this is, this is such a bad matchup for Stanford. Ugh. 
Um, so offensively, Notre Dame, you're right. I mean, they sit at 44 overall offensively. And I, I think we should not judge Marcus Freeman until he has a different offensive coordinator than Tommy Reese. Um, but they struggle a little bit with drive efficiency. They're pretty good at putting up big plays though. Number 34 there. Um, what they're they but they are far better running the ball than they are throwing the ball. They're at 32 in effective rush, 57 in effective pass. Here's your problem. Everyone can run the ball on Stanford. Everyone. Um Stanford's defense sits at 92. Um <clears throat> they are at 106 in negative drives, forcing three and outs and turnovers. They're at 122 in effective rush. Nobody really tries to like air it out against Stanford because you just don't have to. <laughs> you can just run the football on them. Um, and like we talked about, like Oregon State has kind of struggled to run the ball against Power 5 teams, but they were able to run the ball against Stanford. Um, I think Notre Dame is going to be able to come in and run the ball pretty well. And then you flip it around and like this Notre Dame defense is is pretty good in particular at their yards for like they're really good at containing big plays. Um, and I think they're, they're sitting at 24 overall right now. Um, they don't have any big run pass split. Now they could certainly like put up some more three and outs and, and force some more turnovers. Um, but I think they're going to be able to, you know, pressure the Stanford offensive line. This Stanford offense is only at 68 overall. Um, and as we saw, like when Stanford gets into trouble is if you can <clears throat> compact the pocket when they're running that slow mesh. How's the pass D? Notre Dame's pass defense is a 26. Yeah, because the run, running defense doesn't matter. Stanford's going to get 80 yards or 90 yards on, you know, 20 carries or something. Um, okay, I think you talked, like, I wanted to take Stanford on this one. I think you talked me out of it. And I've seen this movie before where, you know, a team just keeps scoring, you know, on Stanford, and Stanford has to start chucking the ball around. And again, like, I like the pass offense here, but if – if Notre Dame, like, and you're telling me Notre Dame has a good line? Yeah, I mean, it's like, I think their defense should be plenty good enough to, like, yeah. hold Stanford in check. And, like, look, they had, I mean, they did it pretty good. I mean, like, the game they're just coming off against BYU, like, BYU's got a good offense. I think um, it, I haven't been messing around with the, the totals of these games just because I've been doing better with the, the individual games. Um, I think the under on this might be a good idea, right? Like, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. has got this at Notre Dame, almost 19 points, 18.84. And I, that feels about right for the gap between these teams. Cause if they're just going to keep running it, right. Let, yeah, I mean, the clock should move quick in this game. If Notre Dame's running the ball and then Stanford's at three and out, right? Like Notre Dame keeps rushing it. Stanford keeps trying to throw it. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Oof. Okay. I may keep a look at that. I don't know what the, let me take a look at the total. I bet you it's good. Um, okay. I think it's going to be at 54. Let's see what it, let's see what's at here. Uh, 52 and a half. Ah, freaking Vegas. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that one. If it was, it was a little higher. I think I might be a little bit more interested in that. Okay. Um, so we're both taking Notre Dame. Let's get to the next three games and let's do it right after this. All right, we're back. Let's get to it. This is the best game of the week for sure. At least in the Pac-12. Number seven, USC. Undefeated USC. Shiny and beautiful USC. On the road. And yet. Uh, and yet <laughs> on the road in the, the Great Salt Lake against the 4-2 and two Utah. Still ranked Utah. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know about that, man. Um, I look, I wanted to take Utah. I really did. Um, and I think I put this, I said I was going to, I think I had it at, at five and a half. If Utah was laying five and a half, um, I'd take them. But Utah is the favorite. I'm sorry. If, if Utah was given five or he was taken five and a half, I would have taken USC. Utah is the favorite in this, in this matchup, Rob. And I don't get it. I don't know. I do not in any capacity understand how Utah opened as a four point favorite in this game. That because like, if you take away the home field, that means that you, they would have Utah favorite on a neutral field. That's utterly bonkers to me. Yeah. (laughs) um, Utah has played pretty poorly this season compared, like compared to expectations. What's their, what's their pass defense? Like that's the one worry. If I'm, if I'm a, their their defense overall sits at 43. Um, They are, they're, they're struggling to find ways to get off the field. 60 in drive efficiency, 37 and explosive drives. 44 and negative drives. They don't have a big run pass split, but they're at 46 in effective rush and 49 in effective pass. Williams is going to light that. Just don't cl- uh, throw to Clark Phillips and you're fine. And Travis Dye is good. And the offensive line, I'm, I'm sure, enjoys blocking in Lincoln Riley's system. <laughs> I'm just like, let's not kid ourselves. Do you remember the Florida game where you're like, man, it doesn't look like, like, it doesn't look like Utah's defensive line is getting any push. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh no! I mean, that's that's carried forward. They were useless against UCLA. <sighs> I, I want like in my mind, I just want USC to get knocked off. I don't know why. Like, well, I, the, I, the, let's get into why. Like, let me tell you why it could happen. Okay, because I just did this game for the Saturday Six. Um, Utah's offense is at thirty overall. Okay. They're they're really struggling in particular running the football compared to compared to last season. Okay. Like last year they had a really explosive rush offense. Their their offensive line is not getting anything like the push they had last year. And with Keithy out, it does limit their offensive weapons in the passing game. But what are we talking about with USC? Their run defense sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. De- they're at they're at 80 in effective rush. Utah is at 33 in effective rush. Their offense is at 30 overall. Like they should be able to put up some points in this game. And Utah is not going to try to beat you with the pass. Right. Yeah. The question becomes with us with what, like what is a pretty decent USC pass defense They're at 28. Can USC bring extra guys into the box and still take away Utah's passing game? Now the Utah, I think the Utah defense is going to be bad enough that like unless USC turns the ball over, Utah could be chasing them in this game. Or like if you if USC just has one of those inexplicable games where they're not able to put up points, or Utah just plays better than we have seen them play this season. <laughs> but if you look at this game right now, like USC on a neutral field in Baderink is an eleven point favorite, and I don't think that's wrong. Like you, what we just saw from Utah, I mean, they got worked. Yeah. I mean, looking at that game, right? So, dude, just Zach Charbonnet. <laughs> I mean, there, like, there were so many stiff arms, and just oh. and it, he just made that defense look stupid. Really agree. He was a grown man. Yeah, um, it, amongst not grown men. <laughs> and and to be fair, USC doesn't have a Zach Charbonnet. Like, Die is good, 
and Austin Jones is good. Zach Charbonnet is significant. I think he's significantly better than they are. Um, and DTR, like he actually didn't do a ton scrambling. Like there, there's times where he got out of the pocket and stuff. But my point being at the beginning of the show is like, he's evolved to the point where he doesn't need to scramble. He can scramble and throw like he doesn't need to scramble and yeah. run for yards. He can scramble, get out of the pocket and then throw, you know, 18 for 23, 300 yards, four touchdowns. He did have a pick. The, uh, just you, you like UCLA just beat Utah. Um, Charbonnet, I mean, he ran for almost, I mean, against this Utah defense, yeah. almost 200 yards and nine per nine. Yeah. He's <laughs> not that good. But that, like, he's it's really, yeah. I mean, he's really good. I think the offense for UCLA is good. I think their offensive line is also good, but I mean, why, like this, this, this was a, a, a pretty big problem. Like for Utah, I mean, they, they just had it. Like we talked about, they just had nothing like, now they had a decent game offensively yeah. against, a, I mean, a not great, but decent UCLA defense. Right. Um, and I think underneath the hood, like if you're a Utah fan, that's okay. I mean, that's why we've got their offense ranked at number 30 coming out of this game, you know, and their defense ranked much lower, um, is just like, you know, in this game, their offense was not bad for the most part, but like they needed their offense in this game to be like last year's offense, to be a real engine for them. And it's just not, and now they're going to come up against an offense. That's like even better than UCLA. The one thing I would mention is that personal, there was a personal foul in this game where Utah, the game was still close. Utah had just stopped UCLA. And then one of their players just, I forget, either hit somebody out of bounds or like, it was just, it was a stupid, inexplicable personal foul. And that swung the game at that point, right? I still think UCLA would have won, but it was a, such a key play because they fought, like UCLA was doing whatever it wanted, like through the air, on the ground, whatever. And, and they've really got to stop. And Utah had just scored. And it's funny. I was watching the game with my five-year-old son and the, the penalty happens. And I, I look at him, I'm like, UCLA just won. And he has no, like, you know, and, and I'm like explaining to him, look, here, here's what, here's the situation now, instead of, instead of coming back and, and having a chance to score, now they have to probably stop UCLA from scoring 10 points or, or, or a touchdown and they're not going to do it. And they didn't like UCLA scored, um, was it 28 points? I think in the second half. That was a big play. And so there, there is a world where Utah won this game. But I think if you played this game multiple times, like, you know, I think UCLA probably wins 8 out of 10. That was just how much better I thought they were than, than Utah. Is that is that fair? Like, I'm, I think there's been a couple of things I've said on the show where, like, if I were to go back, I'm like, yeah, I guess I guess I should have given a little bit more time. I just was really impressed by what UCLA did to Utah. Yeah, I mean, look. Like we just talked about, like you can, we can dress it up all you want. Like Utah's defense had a horrible game, here, right? And UCLA really deserved to win, right? Like the turnovers hurt, the, the 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 personal foul hurt. You know, Utah, that's true. You can talk yourself into a situation where maybe the game should be a little closer, but not a lot closer, right? Like Baderink would have had it at seven points still, you know, I mean, UCLA just outplayed them. And uh, like, I like, but the, the hope, like we talked about for this game against USC is like, maybe Clark Phillips just plays out of his mind. And well, don't throw just, it to him. <laughs> you have, right. I mean, you like, have three other, I mean, like, 
Do you, like whoever Phillips is covering, don't throw to that guy, right? Like, because you have plenty of other weapons, and the rest of Utah's pass defense hasn't been great. And like their defensive line, like that. That's what, like I think there's a I think there's an avenue here where Utah's offense can run the ball against USC's bad rush defense, and this game can stay closer than you might expect. I mean, unless you're Vegas, because you're looking the other way. But like it can be closer than you might expect, and then. USC turns the ball over and Utah wins. Yeah. That's that's like I think you can you can see that path, but you like the other would be like Utah's defense or offense scuffles around a little bit. Meanwhile, like USC's offense is just lighting them up because they're not getting any pressure on on Williams and USC's able to run the ball. Yeah, two more things to mention in this game. I'm taking USC by the way. Um, Jordan Addison got hurt a bit in this game. And I, and I don't remember if he was a hundred percent, if he came back on the field or if he, so that's one thing to keep in mind. Right. Cause I was just about to say, well, don't throw it to Jordan Addison, throw it to their other five wide receivers that are excellent, but you might not have Jordan Addison in this game. So keep a look at that. The other thing is like, I've heard the name Tuli 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 to like for four years and boy, yeah. howdy did he show up in this game? And I was really excited to see that. I thought that was a cool story. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, the, like the fact that he really showed out, I thought was cool too. Yeah. All right. So you're taking USC. Yeah, I'm taking USC. So, Rob, this week, and I texted you before the we recorded. I basically like this was the first week where I basically said I picked all five games in like two minutes, and so I mean, which could be really good, or it could be like when my kids do their homework and they finish all their math homework and they do it in like ten minutes, and you look at the you look at the answers, you go. Mm. Let's go back and do our work here. So that's kind of what this this week is shaping out to be. Let's get to let's do Arizona Washington. I don't want to talk about Colorado. Um, man, Arizona got waxed by Oregon. This this was the one game I got right this last week. I just didn't think, like I know Arizona can move the ball, but it just seemed to me like they were the team that. It's like I still think that they're fine on offense. I think their defense is a problem, and I want you to definitely talk into that because I think you're getting a little flack from Arizona fans about that. But it just they strike me as a team that isn't ready for prime time yet. They, you know, they have some things going for them, but at home at a sold out stadium, I just I didn't feel comfortable that Arizona really had what it take it took to beat a legitimately decent Oregon team, and they didn't. Like Oregon kind of just did whatever they wanted here. What did you think about the game? I mean, the main, I mean, there's two, I think, good takeaways to, to look at here. One is Arizona's defense is a lot worse. Um, and we had been talking about a little bit, um, you know, that they were trending in the wrong direction. They got steamrolled in this game by Oregon. Um, and that's a real problem. I mean, like we talked about like the, you know, Arizona's run defense is really bad. That's not a great matchup here against Oregon. Like this, this is really a problem. But we we talked about coming into this year that you know the Johnny Nansen hire was really, really a risk, right? Like going out and hiring somebody that nobody else is going to hire um, as a defensive coordinator is a huge risk, um, and it's it's gone the very bad way for them, right? Like Arizona sits at one sixteen on defense right now at Beta Rank. <laughs> That is among the very worst defenses in all of college football. And Oregon just lit them up. 306 yards rushing. 
you know, 274 passing. And look, like you could talk yourself into, if you're an Arizona fan, um, a world that is somewhat reasonable where Arizona puts up more points in this game, you know? Um, but the other, and I, and I think that there, I mean, there are some Arizona fans right now that are like trying to talk themselves into like a really positive way to like, you know, like we just need to be positive and like Nansen's going to come in for his recruiting and things are going to work and la da 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 Like if he could just get better players, like dude, Stanford's had better players. Like I know, I know exactly what a team with good players and a bad defensive coordinator looks like. We've seen it for years. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, um, you know, like it's a, it's a bad team and it's a bad defense. Like a, a bad cook with good ingredients is going to make you bad food. Um, so like the Nansen, like, I'm just, I'm just curious, like, I, like, a, you know, fish, I think was a little stubborn last season with his quarterbacks a little more than he should have been. Um, he's Arizona's probably going to make a move to take play calling duties away from Nansen after the Washington game. Cause they've got to buy. And if they don't, if he sticks with it all season, that's a problem. That's going to, that's going to tell you something about fish, right? Like in his ability to really like complete the rebuild here, because like this defense with Nansen, Nansen is going to be an anchor around this team's neck. Um, but the other takeaway is like, we, we had the bad Jaden Delora game. <laughs> like, we had, we had the really bad Jaden Delora game and yeah, he only threw one pick, but, um, I mean, like you remember like last year and the year before when we talk about like, he's, he's got some bad footwork. Sometimes he had horrible footwork in this game. Um, he missed guys in the flats on checkdowns by yards. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, he overshot them by yards. Um, he looked completely flustered, unable to make decisions. He should have had more picks. Like, I mean, he threw in some really bad coverage at times and just got away with it. Um, so, I mean, if you're Arizona, I mean, there's like, I mean, outside of, you know, like the Dolores Sacks, like, you know, Coleman had a de- like there Coleman and Williams had some decent game. You know, they, they certainly had some big games in there too. Um, but they had some decent games running the ball, but like in a game where Arizona had to del- like really try to do- rely on Delora, like they got the really, really bad version of him. Um, and it's, it's true. Like, I mean, even against Colorado, he wasn't very accurate. Colorado is just really bad and he's got really good wide receivers. Um, he should have an opportunity this week, but I mean, that's what like, I mean, I say this is like, I don't know if I was an Arizona, like, and I am an Arizona, like, but if you're, in, you're like, I'm going to say this hypothetical, if I was an Arizona fan, I wouldn't want to watch Jaden Delora for another season after this one, <laughs> you know, like, um, because the bad is there. And I don't know that, like, I don't, like, I mean, but that's where Arizona dropped, like, 55 on offense after a pretty bad game. Um, they have an opportunity to to set the ship right, at least on offense, against Washington. Yeah. A couple and, other... And Oregon should feel good. I mean, Oregon should feel really good about this performance. I mean that. Like, look, this is a bad opponent. 100%. Oregon did what you're supposed to do against really bad opponents. Yeah. On the road. It's hot. It was sold out. That crowd wanted th- that crowd. That man, like I, I get it, right? It's Arizona football. So like, if you haven't been to Tucson, there's a reason a number of really good teams lose there because that crowd like gets real loud. 
and it is hot as balls there. And so, like, just those things kind of, it's like a tornado, like, you know, feeds on itself or like a hurricane feeds on itself. But, like, I, I just, the, the one thing to just, I just, Oregon fans, just, I get it, 300 yards. I understand. But, like, when Arizona played Cal, there, there was people, right. ourselves included, being like, yeah, maybe Cal's got it together. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Arizona sits at 125 in effective rush. There are 131 teams in college football. Uh, like, running the ball against Arizona is the minimum. <laughs> like, yeah. it's literally anyone can do it. So, but, again, like, t- to your point, and, and I, I think I think there should be some credit to Oregon's defense. I know Delora had yeah. a bad game, but Oregon, like, right? Everybody, pay, a lot of people picked Arizona because they looked at and said, "Okay, good offense, questionable defense on Oregon," and Oregon right. really just was able to step step on the throat for the most part. I mean, this game was basically in hand by the second quarter, um, yep. and and credit to them. So we'll cover them a little bit more next week because they have a bye. So let's talk so about does UCLA. That's gonna be a fun one for next week. Oh, I'm excited about that. I'm going to throw down in UCLA for sure. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Uh, Washington, holy goodness. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. All right. So so uh, th- there's a couple ASU fans that, that listen to us, and, and thank you for listening. I know – well, I, th- I think we've been fair on ASU in, in terms of, like, we. I really do want them to succeed. I really like – I just think that program is intriguing. It's always been intriguing. I get it. Um, and, and I think we were, we were firm for Herm for a while and you know, the wheels fell off. We kind of were just saying, Hey, the wheels fell off. Uh, and they, they really called, <laughs> at least called me out on this where they said like, before this Washington game, he's like, Hey, are you guys maybe over hyping Washington a little bit? They ain't play nobody. And I, you know, my pushback was, yeah, I get it. But, I think I think ASU is just going to self destruct in this game, and I think Washington's defense or Washington's offense is just too good for yeah. uh, for now. To, in in fairness, like Washington scored thirty eight points in this game, but they right. gave up forty five. Like what the heck? Oh my god! Like Washington's Washington's defense, which wasn't good after the UCLA game, is now at ninety eight in beta rank. Um, they're among the five. Very, very, very bad defenses in the Pac-12. And they got, I mean, they're at 114 on effective pass. Mm. I mean, like what we just talked about with Arizona's run defense, like is also true of Washington's pass defense. Like they're among the very worst in all of college football. And we were worried about that because, you know, they brought in the new corners and they had like an FCS All-American transfer and you kind of go, all right, it's the institutional knowledge there. And it's not. Right. Now, now to be fair, ASU beat him through the air and beat him on the ground. <laughs> so there right, was that's that true too. Yeah. Too. Um, you know, looking at looking at the the again, like we already tra- talked about uh, Trenton Burkett. Um, I'm ex- I'm interested now. ASU I think has a buy too, so we don't need to talk as much about ASU other other than to say I think it's really interesting that I'm hoping that he becomes the quarterback for the rest of the the year because like Emory Jones, I think we've I think we know what Emory Jones is. Um. And I like, I wish him luck and maybe he's better than he's looked, but we've had five games of him and it's kind of been like, eh. um, and I thought, I thought that, uh, the backup like coming in really invigorated. And again, I think he has a good football mind. Um, I, and like maybe Emory Jones does too. I'm just not at the practice, but I like, I, we know, we know a couple of people in Arizona that have talked about, um, all that, all that to say, if we flip it over to Washington, 
you know, 134 rushing against ASU. Uh, like, is that is that impressive? I mean, like, part of what really hurts, I mean, they did have, you know, the pick six here. So, like, Washington's Washington's turnover is, like, one of those, like, super impactful ones, right? <laughs> you know, like, um, that certainly hurts. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I, Washington doesn't have a good run defense either. They're at 69 and effective rush. But the fact that ASU is able to come out and run the ball and they haven't been great at it so far this year, I thought was pretty good. Yeah. I want to take so so Arizona's a 15 and a half point dog. I'm one like and I, I thought it was gonna jump. I think it opened at 15 and a half. Um and it's kind of Yeah, Bayer got it at 18. And then this is one of those like what usually happens is is the numbers move towards like there's the most of the numbers that moved a lot in Vegas since they opened have moved towards the beta rank numbers. Yeah. So I'm gonna wait on this, but for the sake of the podcast, give me them points, man. I, I think Arizona's gonna move the ball on this game. Um, I I think they're gonna give up a lot of points, right? But I think their pass defense, I trust it nominally more than I trust their rush defense, and I don't think Washington really can rush the ball all that well. Uh, Fifty. 15- so you're looking at like this is the flip of like the Oregon matchup was really bad for Arizona. So hopefully like Delora getting his clunker out is, is there like uh, Washington's offense is at 14. This is a really good offense still, right? Like they spotted Ares ASU seven, you know, with the, with the pick six and, and they still, you know, nearly won um, even with their defense getting torched, but <clears throat> they're at number four in effective pass. They're at 89 in effective rush. I mean, I do expect Washington to come in and try to run the ball against Arizona because yeah. liter- literally anyone can. Um, but 85, an effective pass for Arizona. So, like, like I will say, I think Stukes, I think, and Jackson, I mean, and I think Jackson Turner should be healthy for this game. Um, like, Arizona, like Christian Rowan Wallace, like, their, Arizona's pass defense is a little more dangerous. Yeah. And I'm not saying they're good. Yeah. I'm just saying like Arizona's like to, to get into one of these games probably needs some turnovers and you're more likely to get that with the pass defense and then against the team that's going to throw the ball. And then you flip it. Arizona's offense does sit at 51. They took a big step back, particularly in drive efficiency because at Oregon, like they struggled to, to finish drives and put up points, but they're at 22 in explosive drives. They could, they could put up some big plays here. And they're at 22 in effective pass against Washington's 114 in effective pass. I think Arizona has a lot better wide receivers than ASU. If Jaden Delora is reasonably accurate, and I think he will be in this game, I think they're going to put up points in this game. I, it's tough. It is tough. Oh God! Like, but I'm I'm going to take Arizona with that many points. Yeah, I, I will too. I think there's a world where Arizona. I think Washington wins. I want to be clear. I think Washington wins the game. Yeah, <laughs> I think so too. But if there is like, if look, looking at Arizona slate, right? Cause they have to play UCLA. They have to, it's, they're all ranked. UCLA teams. is a horrible matchup for, yeah. if there's one game where they could win one more, I mean, right. And the odds of it are, are lower than it actually happening. It's this Washington game. Like, right. I think Arizona, you know, if you play this 10 times, Arizona probably wins once, but right. I'll take it. Like I and, and I'm I'm not saying that they're going to win the game. I'm absolutely taking the points, fifteen and a half. And I think if you're going to bet it, I think it should creep more in your favor. Like if it gets to seventeen, jump on it. 
Um, but yeah, g- give me the points. I think Arizona can can and and if you haven't watched this team yet, they do a lot of stuff where they just get Jacob cowing the ball and there's like go forth and <laughs> be fruitful and multiply, <laughs> like, right. and he does. So I, I think I think you're gonna see a lot of that in this. But he's game. also, I mean, I will say like Delora, even though he's not even though he had a horrendous game, he is getting the ball to McMillan more. He's seeing Singer more. And that's all like that is, if that's the case in this game, that's a problem for Washington. Yeah. All right. Last game. And we're doing this because it's the dumbest game and uh, both teams had a bye. Cal is a 14 and a half. This is such a dumb game. (laughs) Favorite. This reminds (laughs) me of the, of the Cal USC game right at the end of the year where like nobody cared, like the COVID year. And they're like, oh yeah, <laughs> it's just. And Lincoln Riley's like in attendance, like watching. Like... <laughs> this stupid game. Uh, all right, Cal, Cal, fourteen and a half point favorite on the road at Colorado. Um, normally, okay. So, so normally you get that dead cat, or not the the not the dead cat bounce. You actually get a bounce for firing your head coach, right? Yeah. But your interim is Mark Sanford. And that's a problem. Mike Sanford. Mike Sanford. Jr. <laughs> Doesn't matter. He's going to be gone after this year. So, Sorry, it, Colorado fans. It worries me that I don't know if Colorado can rally around him because I just think he's also dead man walking. He runs an awful offense. and uh, But I don't trust Cal more than 14 anywhere. I don't care who they're playing. Um, I'm going to take Colorado. <laughs> You're out of your mind. <laughs> Let's go. So this is like, you remember the numbers that Cal had rushing against Arizona? Yeah, it's going to be the same thing. Do you want to know where Colorado's run defense is? Are they, are they lower They're than? They're even worse. Oh, They're at 129. Go. So they give it to Ott the whole time. If they're if they are in any way not stupid, this is another Jaden Ott. Like this game should be Jaden Ott, Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Week. <laughs> like it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. he is gonna he is at Colorado is giving up three point six three points per drive right now. Like the Cal, even even lowly offense, Cal's offense sits in the fifties. Even Cal should absolutely be able to rock their socks off all right so work with me here Rob. work with me here like baderick has this at like 33 points that's how bad colorado is like colorado is at 127 we are on colorado watch they are closing in on all-time bad duke oh, among Lord. power five teams all right so okay you might have you might have just talked me out of that um, <laughs> when you texted me that, I was like, I'm not even going to respond because like, <laughs> I will just talk about it on the pod. I was like, no. <laughs> so, so if one, okay. So if one were to consider taking the points, 14 and a half, <laughs> how, so, so just run, run their net, run their offensive numbers by me here. What, what is. What is Colorado? Colorado's offense is at 119 in beta rank. Um, they, the only number they have sub 100 is negative drives, avoiding three and outs and turnovers. They're at 101 in effective rush and 114 in effective pass. Now, Cal's defense, I mean, we saw this a little bit with like Arizona and a little bit with Wazoo, is like they're better against the pass. Their run defense stinks. 
They're at 83 in effective rush. Now they're 54 overall. Like both of these teams actually, even though they had a bye, dropped. Like Baderang looked at their opponents as like, eh, maybe you guys aren't as good as we thought. Um, but Cal does a good job containing big plays. Um, I think like I think Cal should be able to largely shut them down in this game. Even with like the spot, like now Colorado should come in and run the ball. Like they should come in committed to run the football against Cal because Cal is, I mean, like Cal is spotty against the run. Um, but I don't think Colorado has, I mean, like Arizona, just, I mean, destroyed, I mean, destroyed Colorado. <laughs> but so, well, maybe, maybe not like I was going to say. And so- like, and like Arizona's, Arizona's defense was not great in that game. Like, and I think Cal's, I think Cal's defense is going to hold color. Like it's going <clears> to, <throat> I think here's like, whereas Arizona could just march up and down the field because they have a better offense than Cal. Um, I think Cal's defense is going to spot Cal's offense with some better field position and Cal's just going to score a lot of points. Yeah. I do think Owen McCown is, is like significantly better than JT yeah. Shrout. <sighs> but they can't run the ball. I'm going to do it. I don't care. All right. Coming, talk them out of it. Coming off a bye. Coming off a bye. <laughs> this, this is the ultimate, like, talking yourself into the spot. Like, yeah, I know. They're, they're going to they're gonna install something dumb, right? Like, that's the like. If, how if, bad? Like, here's the thing for me is, like, how bad does, like, Vegas. I mean, because, like, I don't think Vegas maybe has a grasp on where Colorado is. Oh. Is maybe it. Like. But how, like, I was going to say, like, how bad did they think Cal is? But I think they just don't, add, like, <clears throat> you can see, like, how much <clears throat> preseason weight Vegas still has in some of these games where you have Utah favored, Oregon State favored, and then this game is closer. Because Colorado on the in-season data right now is only scoring 1.19 points per drive. That is horrendous. Oh, that's awful. But so I guess the the only thing would be, I think like Vegas has to know, right? Because they, they hung a 27 point spread against Minnesota and Minnesota is good comfortably. Yeah. Minnesota's good. Oh, I'm sorry. If you don't, if non if you're Pac-12 fans, you don't know that Minnesota is actually pretty good this year. Watch that game against Illinois. Even though it's on big 10 network, that should be a fun one. Oh my gosh. All right. I'll take, can't take Cal. I can't. I can't do it. I'm gonna do take. It. I'm do gonna it. take Colorado. Go for it. Like, I'm gonna take Colorado. Like this is your. This is your like evil Knievel jumping over the Grand Canyon <laughs> moment. <laughs> I. I. However, I think Cal can cover 14 <laughs> against Colorado. I think Cal being favored by less than Washington and favor is favored over Arizona is an insult is. to Cal. <laughs> It's bonkers. Um, I just, I, it might be just the thrill. Like, you know, you know, you know, (laughs) like I had so much fun, um, picking Colorado against TCU and just clinging on to the 30 and a half point, whatever the stupid, whatever that dumb line was. Um, maybe that's it. Don't do, do not bet on this. Like if you're going to bet on this game, bet on Cal, but I'm going to, I'm going to take Colorado. I just, uh, I think they got one more surprise in them. By surprise, I mean like losing by fourteen and me winning by by that by that hook. So yeah. we'll see. Um, all right, <laughs> anything else to mention, Rob? 
No, that's kind of like uh, FCS beta rank is up and running. Like everything up on the site is is up and running. We're all in season data. Like I, I could not be more excited. Like the season is on. Yeah. Sharpcollegefootball.com. Check out those numbers. I, we, I did some side betting on some of that stuff. Now, I'm not that like, look, you know, nothing is, you know, look at the numbers um, and, and take a look at the teams and the matchups. Like that's the most important part, but my Bring point, your own priors, like have your own thoughts. Like it's not gospel. Yeah. You know, like, my point being, like we've been we've been watching this stuff, and and last week was the first week where it's like, ooh, there 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 we go. Um, so check it all out, Sharp College Football YouTube, Sharp College Football. Um, Rob, thanks for joining us, and we'll catch everybody next week. God, I'm gonna I'm gonna regret that Colorado pick. <laughs> oh, man.